0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open
1: Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. The Edmonton Oilers come up short in Vegas. The Golden Knights take it 3-1. Late. Power play for the Edmonton Oilers. They pull Koskinen for an extra attacker. Clef bombs point shot off the post through the crease onto McDavid stick. Couldn't get a good shot away. And then the Golden Knights ice it with an empty netter. Earlier in the evening, before this one ended, the Oilers were officially eliminated from the playoffs because Colorado lost in a shootout to St. Louis. So that single point by the Avalanche eliminated the Oilers regardless how the game in Vegas ended. So yet another season with no postseason for the Edmonton Oilers. Let's go back to Vegas. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Windsor, just how you felt about the night?
2: Uh, it's probably one of our better games we've played in Vegas. We usually have a tough time in this building. Um, you know, They always come out well and um, usually get the jump on us, but I thought we did a, a better job of managing that. Um, you know, uh, probably a little break it in, and the game's tied. But um, that's the way it goes. Yeah, was it the last sequence kind of exactly what you, you wanted, except for maybe not you know, the luck to have that finish. Yeah, you know, the the, the two-man advantage, the six on five. Um, you know, we get a good shot through. We get a stick on it, double post, and out. You know, that's uh, that's the way it goes. And um, I tried to get a stick on it when it was kind of just sitting there, but uh, I was on a tough angle.
3: Uh, Maybe just a comment. Uh, You guys were mathematically eliminated from the playoff race tonight, but you have really been clicking as a team. Can that be carried over the next season?
2: (laughs) First time here. I don't know. Uh, Maybe. See. Doesn't really matter. Uh, when did you guys find out it was official was it in the first period right. or that you but guys were eliminated I found out uh, when it was just now, just now but yeah, uh, well, it was it's never really a question um, at this point so okay. now that it is official like what's your your sense of it I know it sucks but can you kind of uh, yeah it sucks obviously just it's, uh, it's not good enough uh, all year you know we, we, uh, we let streaks drag on we let uh, you know uh, you know, times where, where we can find ways to get wins, drag on. Um, yeah, you got to find a way to to stop the, the bleeding um, yeah. quick. Um, you know, it's a, a slim slim margin of error in this league, and um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of teams that are right there. And you know, we uh, we did our best to to stay in the fight, just uh, a little too late. Um, well, it was funny because as bad as things went, it was it was there for you almost. I mean, it's been a, it's been an insane season, you know. Um, Coaching change, team change, you know, you know good times and, and bad times. It's been a roller coaster. Um, it's been emotionally challenging. Um, it's been, uh, you know, hard mentally um, to to kind of keep. Uh, Keep on going, you know. Um, you know, but we were always kind of right there. You know, we we were close, and then we'd find drift away, and um way it goes. Their frustration level is probably fairly high. It's really high. It's uh, it's really really high. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's frustrating. You know, I, I, we want to play in the playoffs as a team. I personally want to play in the playoffs. Um, it's uh, I'm not not happy about it. It's uh, it's gonna be a long summer.
1: All right, there you have it from the captain, Connor McDavid. His frustration level, as he put it, really, really high about not getting into the postseason. He summed up a lot of the things that happened to the team all year. He said they'd get close to a playoff spot and then drift away. He called it an insane season with both the head coach and the general manager being fired. So we'll break that down. We'll break down tonight's game. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. I'm Reed Wilkins at the 630 Chet studio. Rob Brown is at T Mobile Arena in Vegas. Rob, how's your
4: evening been? Uh, my evening's been all right. I got to watch uh, a competitive hockey game, unfortunately, with the wrong result.
1: Well, Vegas, uh, a better team than the Oilers, and they had the edge tonight, and we'll talk about that. But that was, uh, I mean, Connor McDavid often does not say a lot. He often does not talk about himself or his own feelings very much. If you ask him about a teammate or, or somebody else in the league, he's usually happy to, to sing their praises. But, you know, he he's said a lot there. and I, I, We can probably go point by point. One thing he said he said, when you when you have a bad time in this league, you have to stop the bleeding quick. Well, the Oilers couldn't do that, Rob, and there are a variety of reasons for that. They or In December, they had a six-game losing streak, a flat-out six-game losing streak. They didn't get a point. And then they had another six-game stretch where they went 0-5-1. So there's 12 games out of what's going to be 82 in the end where you get one point. And I don't know how many points they're going to miss by, maybe six, maybe 8-10, whatever. But... Um, but one of those what ifs where what if they could have stopped that bleeding a little quicker and scratched out a few more points?
4: Yeah, and every team that misses the playoffs is gonna go through their season schedule and say, all right, here's where we lost some opportunities, here's where we blew a game that we should have had. But it over an eighty two game season it all works out. And teams that have those kind of stretches and end up missing the playoffs, missing for a reason, they're not good enough. And uh, you when you put yourself behind the eight ball like the Oilers did you know during the December during the month of December when they, they struggled so mightily, you, you can have stretches where you try to crawl back into a race, but you've put yourself in such a bad situation where you're not only a number of points out of a playoff spot, but you're behind all those other teams. And that's the thing that we, we talked about so often is you know that you can be okay, we're seven points out, but that isn't the major, problem the major problem is you got to beat five other teams so you can hope that you can catch one team but those other f- four are still going to be playing each other they're still going to be gaining points uh, the Oilers uh, I, I would have guessed that would have been a, and we talked about it being the season I guess they were going to be a second wild card team I thought they would squeak into the playoffs but they, there was moves made by the team they had some injuries that showed a, a lack of depth. And every team has injuries, and when teams have injuries to top players, they're not as good. But you can't just completely fall off the the, the cliff when you have injuries, and the Oilers did without Clefbaum, without Sakra in the lineup. And it exposed their lack of depth. And the one thing that we talked about at the beginning of the season was their lack of scoring on the wings. And a, a really nice preseason by some young players, some players that haven't scored in the in the national hockey, in Raddy, and Puli, Arvey, and Yamamoto, uh probably may have set the Oilers back because they had such a good preseason thinking then Peter Shirley's like well we don't need to go and find the right wingers we look like we're set now and that came back to bite them because the Oilers top players two of them had to play together at all time and whoever the third guy was and he was usually Nuge was most nights playing with guys that couldn't finish I mean Ryan Nugent Hopkins like what is it one assist in his last 15 games 18 games he's an elite passer uh, he just doesn't have the guys in the wings. So there's so many reasons the Oilers have missed the playoff. And they are exactly where they should be when you look at the roster they have right now. It is not good enough to be a playoff hockey team.
1: Well, man, McDavid called it an emotionally challenging season and hard mentally. I think uh, some of that figures into... A, you lose your coach, the only coach he'd ever had in his still relatively young NHL career, but the only head coach he'd had in the NHL. The GM that drafted him gets fired. As, as you've talked about, there wouldn't be as much day-to-day or even week-to-week interaction between the players and GMs, but, but certainly there would have been some sort of a relationship there. And, and like you said, too, with the playoff chase, Rob, that is hard mentally when you get behind because then you feel like even when you're playing well, it's not good enough or you don't make ground or one loss feels like three because it, it can see I mean, the Oilers had it, you know, they've been OK lately. Not great, but OK. Um, well, now 10, 7 and 4 in their last 21. Doesn't sound as good as 10, 10, 4 and 4 whatever it was a couple of days ago. But. But you could win two, three in a row and then you lose and you feel like, oh no, that's such a big loss. And I, and I would think that that's part of what McDavid means by calling it hard mentally.
4: Well, first of all, when, when you, a coach get fired, there's you feel guilty as a player because' it's, it's a guy's livelihood. Uh, Todd was well liked. Um, had uh, had success with this team. It, it, it you know was up for Coach of the year. They went to the playoffs and things. So when he loses his job, that affects the team. Because you feel that you failed, and because you failed, somebody has lost their job. The GM gets fired, and again, that's on the the players. The GM doesn't get fired from a good team, so he's gone. So you weigh that. It it weighs on you mentally when you you feel like, okay, I, I own part of this. I own the fact that two guys are out of a job. And then, as you said, when you're in this playoff race and every game is stressful, and then even the nights that you're not playing... It's stressful because now you're watching your your phone, trying to see who's who's winning that night. Are these guys gaining on us? Are we gaining on them? And that so every there there was no stressless night for the Oilers in the last month month and a half. So when all of a sudden today, when it it was official that they missed the playoffs and it's done, all that emotion came out of uh, of Connor McDavid. And as you said, he's not a great soundbite because he doesn't give you anything. He holds everything close to the vest, he, he'll he praise his teammates and that's about it. But tonight when he eventually said what he said, or he did say what he said, now you're like, huh, yeah, I, I can see why he's saying that, I can see, you can f- hear the frustration in him. He's a guy that's a winner. He's a guy that wants to be the best player in the world and wants to be on the best, in the biggest stage in hockey and that's playoff time. So everything that he said was absolutely correct. And, you know, and it sucks. It sucks being out on the outside looking in. When you consider yourself, and I'm sure he does, the best in the league, you want to be playing when everyone's watching.
1: Well, and again, in the context of he and Dreisaitl going to finish in the top five in the NHL in scoring, careers highs for Nugent Hopkins, career high for Zach Cassian, Uh I mean, if we go back to six and a half months ago, I think we'd call it an almost out of nowhere year from Alex Chase on Rob, even though he, did, he didn't score as frequently in the second half of the season as he did in the first. Uh, I, we're, I, we hear from a lot of frustrated people. I just want to say Connor McDavid does not want to be traded. That soundbite does not mean he wants to be traded. That is not going to happen this summer. That is not his desire. Hey, two, three years down the road from now, if the team is still poor, Who knows what happens, but I don't think we have to worry about that imminently. There's going to be a new general manager. There's going to be a new coach. I think in terms of McDavid's timeline, uh, this is two pretty disappointing seasons in a row. His second year in the league, they made the playoffs. His first year in the league was frustrating because he missed half of it for being hurt. I don't think playoffs were an expectation even for the most optimistic uh, order that season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be a better team around him, whether he's in year two, year four, or year 12. And even if this even if this was a team without Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, they aren't deep enough. Regardless of who's on their top line, they're not deep enough.
4: No, they're not. Well, first of all, you would hope that Connor would come out and say the things he did. Because if the players aren't frustrated about the way the last two years have gone, then you don't want those players on your team. So uh, you can go through the dressing room; every player is going to say the exact same things that Connor said. Now, obviously, when Connor says it, it has bigger. Uh, media explosion simply because Connor's finally saying something that that they can uh, can write about. Um, and but yeah, the, this team. I mean, tonight's a great example. the The Oilers lost because the Vegas Golden Knights are deep. You know, they can roll four lines. They don't have to overexert any one line. And if one line's not going, if the Oilers' top players Connor and Leon have an off night, which doesn't happen very often, but if they have an off night, they lose. It's that simple. If the top line, the the Carlson line has an off night for Vegas, well, that's the night that the Stasny line picks it up. And if the Stasny line and the Carlson lines both struggle, now you look, they got the third and fourth lines that are capable of putting the puck in the net for this team. The Oilers don't have that, and the problem that the Oilers have going forward is they've got a lot of contracts and a lot of contracts they can't move. Uh, they got players that are making bigger money that aren't getting the production that the Oilers had expected from him so it's not just as easy as saying all right you know what we need two right wingers we need another power play defenseman and we need a backup goalie that's going to push Koskinen well you can't do that because the Oilers got nowhere to put them the next general manager is going to be a very very busy man and he's going to have to be a very very creative man
1: yeah and and, you know and you and I and bob have talked about it players you could maybe bring over from europe who might be older but would still be on elcs I mean there's going to have to be some sort of creativity like that because you're going to need cheaper yet productive players I mean you're gonna you I, I mean to put it bluntly rob you're going to need players who are underpaid for for what they can accomplish because well, right now you have players who are overpaid for what they're accomplishing
4: you're right and the way that teams that have superstars making big money the way they survive is through bringing up drafted players drafted players on their first contracts that are making you know below the league average or making under a million dollars and getting production out of them the Oilers have players in their minor league system finally that are going to start pushing for jobs problem is they still got guys on the the NHL roster that they can't move so you've got guys that you want to bring up but you know what we got guys that we got big money tied up in and, and, and we can't uh, get rid of those players. So the it, it, it's going to be a, a summer where I, there may be frustration again from from Oilers fans because okay, this we know what we need, but we just aren't able to go out and get that right now with the way the Oilers salary cap looks for next year.
1: Yeah, and the rest of the teams. I, I mean, every general manager knows what every other general manager wants and needs, even on the good teams, right? So. So nobody's nobody's gonna be like, oh I'm just gonna help you because you need this because you you should get better now like that's that's another that's another challenge too. All right, so the Oilers lose three one to the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, again Rob a low shot total thirty one nineteen Vegas out shooting Edmonton so Edmonton doesn't reach twenty shots in either of their two games against Malcolm Subban uh, certainly ties back to the to the depth issue Rob that. Uh, I mean, the good teams come at you in waves. This line four checks, and then this line four checks, and there's a scoring chance. And and eventually they wear you down. Maybe it takes, you know, till the last 10 minutes of the third period some nights, but eventually they wear you down. Edmonton doesn't have the ability to do that, to do that certainly not against the higher-end teams.
4: No, they don't. And what we see a lot of games is with the mcdavid setter line, they'll get a little momentum going. And by the time they get back out again... Everything has changed and it's going against them. So now they're either in a face off in their own zone or the other team has got uh, a roll going and, and they're feeling confident. And now they've got to start it up again. They don't, have, they don't come out with a, a team that's got tired defensemen or a tired third or fourth line that they can take advantage of because uh, they, the Oilers don't get that sustained pressure out of their lines two, three, and four. Uh, Vegas, they can tire you out. There was a couple shifts tonight where they had their fourth line out against Connor's line and kept them in their own zone. The Oilers don't do that very often against where you see Marse show and Carlson stuck in their own zone for a minute and a half. And then the next shift, you got Stone stuck in his own zone. And now when Connor McDavid's line comes out, well, they can take advantage of some tired star players on the other team. So uh, the Oilers just aren't getting those momentum-sustaining or momentum-changing shifts out of line two, three, and four. And now, again, that's not to put anything on uh, those players. You're just asking a lot out of players that have never done it at this level, who are probably playing over their head in the lineup simply because this lineup isn't as strong.
1: 3-1 Vegas takes it. Let's go back to T-Mobile Arena. Here's head coach, Ken Hitchcock. What did you think of the way you played tonight and just how you were in it all the way
5: to the end? Well, I thought uh, Koskinen really played well for us. Nice to see, Uh, I thought we, You know, we battled hard, we had our look at the end and that's all you can ask is we had the look at the end, we hit the inside of the post and then missed the empty net on the side there and who knows, you know, but it's, you know, at this time of year you want your team to compete at a high level and uh, for the most part we did. You know, we had some players that played very well, we had still a couple of players that we're concerned about that are under the bar and we'll talk to them tomorrow, but overall can't default our effort, and uh, and I, th- I thought in a lot of cases we we competed at a high level. What's the kind of the state of view and, and the team now that's official that you're? Well, we, like for us it was official before tonight's game. So it is what it is. You know, we're out. It doesn't matter how many points you miss by. There's eight that are in and eight that out, and. Over the course of the next little while, we got to figure out what we need to do to help these guys get better. and Whether it's personnel or whether it's uh, whatever, we need to do whatever we can to help these guys get better.
3: Maybe, I know you came in in November, maybe just to comment on the growth you've seen from this team over the last couple months with you as head coach.
5: Well, I said before, we we, we, we got five guys in the pitcher all the time, which is, you know, we still have a long ways to go, but we've got five in the pitcher all the time, which is a really good sign. And uh, that you know, we've made some some awful big steps. We're competitive every night, and uh, but you know, we need to find more ways to help these guys.
1: Alright, that's Hitch. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Golden Knights. I'll, I'll wrap up the goal scoring here. It was Eakin is 22nd at 15:27 of the first. Marcia stole it from Dreisaitl at the Knights. Blue line 51 seconds into the second. Scores on a breakaway. McDavid is 41st tying a career high at 4 one of the second from Dreisaitl and Cassian. You heard Hitch mention the goal post with 33 seconds left. That was with the Oilers on a power play with Koskinen pulled late in the third and then Belmar gets an empty netter with 6.6 seconds to go. Rob, we got to talk about Koskinen. He does make 29 saves on 31 shots. He made some pretty big saves, I thought, in the second half of the game. Uh, I, I imagine there were some frustrated people watching that, saying, "Well, wait a minute, he can stop those, and he lets in three of the four that he let in against Anaheim, and and even the two tonight." And hey, look, I'm not, I'm not saying a guy's perfect or or he's horrible, um, but there's been in my mind, there's too many goals where you sit there and say, you know, seriously, both of those, like maybe one of the two, but not both. That's kind of how I'm looking at that.
4: Yeah, I, I think that you would hope that both of those don't get by your goaltender in any game, and, I, and most nights they don't. But when you're a team that's fragile, and the Oilers have been for a while, when you're a team that doesn't score a whole lot, and for, I mean the Oilers every once in a while have a, a flash, but for the most part they're a lower-scoring hockey club. That and when they're a team that doesn't have a lot of comebacks, I mean the others are much better when they when they play with a lead. Uh, you can't afford to fall behind on goals you think are suspect. And the first goal, you know, the wrist shot from outside. To me, I, I again, I am not a, a goaltending coach, but it looks like he's off his angle. For six foot seven goalie, uh, gets beat from there. Uh, the other one was, I mean, Marshall was a, a good hockey player and he's a goal scorer, but again. I thought the the Oilers, I think it was Drysdale that was coming back, didn't allow him to come all the way across, so Koskin had him on the outside in the back end or through the five hole. Yeah, it's, there have been some goals that you, you, you I'm sure that he would want back, and they they haunt the Oilers. A, a goal that is a, a suspect goal hurts more, simply because there's a, 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 a lag on the bench, a sag on the bench, because, oh, no, not now, and then you look up at the scoreboard, now we're losing, so having said all of that i thought koskinen eventually got his game going tonight and he was the reason and one of the only reasons that the Oilers had a chance uh, late in the third period to get uh, a point out of this because they were outplayed for the second and third period for, for large stretches, and Koskinen made some big saves. Yeah,
1: 31-19 the shots for Vegas, so Koskinen 28 saves on 30 shots. The Golden Knights win it 3-1. Both teams 0-2 on the power play. The Oilers had that power play for 44 seconds at the end of the game, and Rob Klefbom got the shot through. I'm not sure if Chason got a piece of it or it got tipped First, before it got to him, but right off the inside of the post, across the crease to McDavid, couldn't quite corral it for a good shot.
4: Yeah, it looked like it got tipped out high and changed direction on Subban. He had no idea where the puck was going. And I honestly, I think two things happened. It came out on a little bit of an odd angle for McDavid. It handcuffed him a bit. But also, I think your first, when you see a puck go by a goalie and you see the post, you th- your first thought is it's going in. So there's a slight hesitation. Because you think, oh, we just tied it up, and then the puck comes out to you and handcuffs. You, it's hard to to refocus and get it. And the defender came back. I, I can't remember which guy it was, but got his stick on McDavid, not letting him uh, find the puck. But that, I mean, it just shows the way the season's gone for the Oilers. I mean, they they stay in a game, they have an opportunity, but the opportunity doesn't work the way they wanted it to. And in, in all honesty, had they got had that gone in, it would have been stealing a point. The Oilers w- were not. I mean, th- this was a game that Vegas deserved two points in regulation because they were the better team for the majority of the night. Uh, I mean, a silly penalty by the Vegas, uh, was that? No-sick. No-sick at the end. That was a silly penalty, like no, no reason to go near Connor McDavid on that one and gives the Oilers a chance. And, and again, the Oilers power play a couple chances tonight to change the game. were unable to get it done.
1: All right, three-one Vegas wins it. You can get us at seven-eight-zero-four-nine-six-zero-zero-six-three. We have Phil standing by on line one. Phil, welcome to overtime. Open line, go ahead.
6: Hey guys, can you hear me? Yes. Well, you know what? I'm the eternal optimist, right?
1: Yeah, we've we've you've shared that with us, Phil. <laughs> so,
6: anyways, I'm going to throw some numbers at you guys and. Uh this kind of tells, tells me uh, a little different perspective. It's a number that you guys have never, ever you know, broadcast before. But uh, if we look at the total amount of, of goals that the Oilers have got over this year, okay, the Oilers have 226 goals. The Canucks are ahead of them. They only have 217. The Coyotes are uh, in the race yet. They only have 206. The Wild, um, 206. The uh, Stars, 200. The Predators, 229. Okay? So we're right right in there, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, for a a team that's rebuilding, and I know Oilers fans don't like to hear the the term rebuilding because we've been rebuilding for 30 years. But this time in our rebuild, we've got a superstar player or two that we can rebuild around. And uh, what I'm saying is that uh, one of the biggest reasons that we uh, never made the playoffs this year was because of the uh, injuries to our defense. And that, and I'm talking about Secker gone for, being gone for three quarters of the year, uh, cleft Bombs, Stepped up to the plate and then he was out for what six weeks and at the same time weeks. Um, that's one of the big things that really killed us this year was those injuries. I mean, every team has injuries, but for our rebuilding team,
4: those but Phil, I'm going to stop you there. The Oilers aren't a rebuilding team, that's the problem. Well, they're the they're not. They're not in a rebuild. That's this is a team that was supposed to be a playoff team this year. They're not in a rebuild. They're a team that's uh, almost at the cap when it, when it comes to salary. Uh, the, the team did have injuries, and it certainly affected them. Obviously, without Clefbaum and Secra, but the team right now, the Colorado Avalanche, who are probably going to make the playoffs, with the Oilers play tomorrow, they're missing two of their three stars. And have and, and they went on a run. They've they've been what is it six zero and one or something like that. Reed, that Colorado's been on without their two of their top three players. So that's where the frustration comes in. And I know you're trying to be positive here, but this is an Euler team that uh, there's been mistakes made. This was not a, this is not a rebuild right now. This is a team that was supposed to be a playoff hockey club this year, and that's why you see the frustration in Connor McDavid's voice after the game. Because this is not this is not an Edmonton or the rebuild, this is an Edmonton Oilers team that uh, underachieved and was and, and made some mistakes that actually made them uh, probably a, a lesser team than they would have been had they not made the mistakes they had with some of the trades this year.
1: Yeah, Phil. I, thanks for calling. We appreciate hearing from you throughout the season, I, and I I think we should also get into one other thing Phil was saying that. Rob, you and I have talked a lot about the offensive depth. The goal and we shouldn't put put aside though that goal prevention is also an issue. And one of the first chances I had to talk to Todd McClellan, Rob, sort of off mic, like off of media availability. sometimes he's just you know around or would hang around after to talk. And he started he told me that he said, you know what? you can be a below average team offensively. And, and make the playoffs. You know you can be tw- 18th, 20th, 22nd offensively. You know if you're really low scoring, then it's then it's going to be tough. But if you prevent goals, I mean, usually we'll we'll run we'll have to run the numbers on Saturday night, Rob, after the final game. A lot of years, the 16 teams with the fewest goals against are the teams in the playoffs.
4: Yep. Or with defense the, get. Yep, defense gets uh, it. The others so, aren't. The others can't out. They can't outscore their mistakes.
1: Right. So goal, pre- goal prevention is a problem as well. I think some of that is goaltending. Some of mm-hmm. it is certainly penalty killing. Yeah, those I mean, are, How many goals could have they saved with a better penalty kill? 10 to 20, depending on how good it was?
4: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, d- defensively, the Oilers give up, and, and for most of the season, gave up too many great A scoring chances. Part of it was on the goaltenders not making the big save, but they also left their goalies, hung, they hung them out to dry a number of times too where they get out outchanced in the scoring areas, the grade-A scoring areas by teams. And eventually, if your goalie's always under stress, he's going to crack. And we saw that time and time again this year. So yeah, the Oilers, the, there's, they've, there are some issues. And any team that doesn't make the playoffs obviously has some deficiencies. And now it's up to a new GM to try and fix some of the mistakes and a new coach that's going to come in here and try to get – uh, everything they can possibly get out of whatever players the Oilers have next year.
1: Yeah, and it all and it all flows together too. Okay, so we you know, we were talking about the lack of forechecking, the lack of an offensive push. Well, you do more of that, you don't give up as many shots. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. one thing. So that that hurts them defensively is that their offense is, is good enough. And then in their own end, certainly they were better with everybody healthy at the in the last quarter of the year like Phil said. They weren't an awesome uh defense corps, but they were they were good. They were okay, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah uh so which was a bigger issue for you inside their own blue line was it stopping the cycle or was it transitioning the puck out of their own end and i think that includes the play of the forwards inside the blue line as well
4: to me the biggest problem in their own zone is um communication and uh trying to think the word that i would explain it and understanding when a team starts cycling where you're, where you're supposed to pick up, where you're supposed to go. I think the Oilers at times get lost, and sometimes that's hockey IQ. A pl- player doesn't read it as quick as he should. Okay, my guy's here. Okay, he just they just flip flop. Now where do I go? And a number of times this year we've seen where all of a sudden there's nothing, and it turns into someone on the other team wide open in front of the net. A lost Someone's lost their player. Two guys have gone to the wrong guy, or something along those lines. To me, that's the biggest problem the Oilers have in their own zone is they just they get confused, and and eventually somebody breaks open on the op- opposition, and he's wide open. And now your goalie's staring down this grade-A scoring chance out of something that shouldn't have happened. So to me, that's the biggest thing for the Edmonton Oilers defensively.
1: That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Vegas winning tonight. over the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid, Edmonton's only goal, his 41st of the season. Well, Robin, and you know, Hitchcock changed the defensive structure a little bit. I think they combined some zone as opposed to McClellan was more man-to-man. But still, I thought later into into the season, you'd see the puck go into an area of the ice, and you'd see one Oiler move towards it, look. Oh, wait. Okay, no. That's yours. You know, and that, that one or two seconds in the NHL, that's a lifetime for a good offensive player to not be checked and decide what to do with the puck.
4: Yeah, well, that's time and space. And you're giving a guy time and space, he's going to make a better play. He's not under stress. He's not under duress. So that's uh, when, when a player has a bit of hesitation in his game, the opposition usually takes advantage of it. And you're absolutely right. Uh, you, you've got now they're probably part of it is when you have a change, a little bit of a change in system. You're going from one to another, and you've got to make sure, okay, okay, think, oh, no, that's okay, I've got to do this. But it's got to become second nature. It's got to become instinctive. And I don't know defensively right now for, for a number of the players if it is instinctive for them. They have the hesitation in their game, and the hesitation, unfortunately, has cost you others too many times.
1: Vegas wins it. Whenever the Oilers get to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Edmonton South, downtown Northside and Sherwood Park. We will go to Jamie on line two. Jamie, nice to hear from you. Thanks for staying up with us. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for calling.
7: Uh, I just want to start with something positive. I think the, from, the, from the first caller there, I think there is a lot of uh, positives. We do have two unbelievable superstars and a pretty good core that, you know, could turn out to be a, a great core, um, like Rob was saying and whatnot. Um, and I just want to say, I you know, if we can tinker with the depth players and do – you know do the best we can to find some depth players i think we'll be okay next year i mean depending on the goalie situation if we can get a little help for or a little competition for koskinen um but a little side note here i just want to ask rob for some reason this popped in my head listening to you guys talk for so long waiting for my call to go in I was, I was thinking, Rob. How long have you been doing these games, uh these shows, these after-hour shows for? How many this years? This is,
4: this is my thirteenth year.
7: Thirteen years? Wow.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm old.
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't believe it's been that long. Crazy. Huh? Um, okay, so what else was I gonna say here? Um, okay, can you agree with me, Rob? Is there something going on because I noticed that? The so Oilers do have a problem late and early in periods with letting goals in, and it's. I think it could be a bit of a complex. But I'm just. I want to ask your opinion on that real quick.
4: Well, good teams get off to good starts. Good teams finish periods strong, and the Oilers right now are not a good team. They're they're a non-playoff hockey club. So, the good teams take advantage of the non-playoff teams by getting off to good starts, getting into a game quicker than the, the, the poorer teams. Uh, at the end of a period in the important moments, the good teams in the important moments usually rise, where the, the teams that are average or below average, that's where they falter. So to me, it, it's just really simple. The Oilers right now are not a good hockey club. They're a non-playoff hockey club. And the, in big moments in hockey games, uh, they seem to be on the wrong side of
1: Thanks, Jamie. Good to hear from you. All right, we got to take a quick timeout. We will have uh, more post-game reaction from Vegas, where the Oilers lose three-one. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Carpenter five seconds. Reeves has to hurry. Center's tipped loose in front. Koskinen to save and Belmar unable to get it over
7: the prostrate netminder. Stuck his left skate into the pipe and kept
1: it out. That was right at the end of the second period. Koskinen save the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at C A. The Golden Knights beat the Oilers 3-1 tonight. Edmonton officially eliminated from the playoffs. They were out even before this game ended because it was St. Louis beating Colorado 3-2 in a shootout. So that point by the Avs eliminated the Oilers. The Avs have not clinched, but the Oilers are too far away from anybody to be able to get in as we'll check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals. With daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Lightning, Rob, win their 60th game of the year. They're 60-15-4. 5-2 over the Senators.
4: They're, they're a good hockey club, and the one thing that we, we talk about with the lack of, for the Oilers, is lack of depth up front. And There's a team in Tampa that has depth and they have depth at every position up front, on the back end, they've got good goaltending, well coached uh, they are, I, I hope they find success this year in the playoffs I really do, uh, because they've put together such a, a good team and it's a good organization and they, they're in a tough division, they're going to have to go I'm guessing through Boston at some point but Tampa Bay is being, I mean you got a team where you got Stamkos on one line and Kucherov on another I mean, that, that's pretty scary. And both players have players to play with. That is a good hockey club that just continues to find ways to win.
1: Panthers knock off the Capitals 5-3. Devils beat the Rangers 4-2. Tavares scoring on the road against the Islanders, Rob. His 46th of the year. Maple Leafs win it 2-1. Uh,
4: good for Tavares. He had a tough time last time that they were in, New- in Long Island good things went for good that things went better for him this time around and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been struggling lately especially defensively found a, a good defensive effort against the Islanders.
1: Jets knock off Chicago 4-3 in overtime Kevin Hayes gets the game winner and Calgary ringing up Los Angeles 7-2 well it was 2-2 at one point and then the Flames roll from there so the Flames get their 50th win of the season and of course Rob they've already clinched the best record in the west so uh, Calgary and Tampa will be the top seeds in each conference.
4: Well the the Calgary Flames have put together a a nice run. I thought that the San Jose Sharks uh, were going to catch them. I thought San Jose would win the the Western Conference but Calgary just continues to impress and what I like about Calgary right now is they... It's not all on the backs of Goudreau and Monaghan. They're getting depth scoring. I saw, I think, Ryan scored again tonight. Derek Ryan got another goal tonight. Uh, Goudreau, I think, only had one point in this game, the last I saw. So they score seven without their top players having to get four and five. That is a good hockey club that I think will get a a break in the first round matchup, because I believe they'll end up playing against the Colorado Avalanche, who are a good hockey club, but it's It's not the Dallas Stars who the Dallas Stars have owned the Calgary Flames over the last little while.
1: The Edmonton Oil Kings will play, uh, did did Bob say he thinks Saturday, probably Friday or Saturday for the start?
4: I think he he said Saturday.
1: They're awaiting the winner of Game 7 tomorrow between Calgary and Lethbridge. The Oil Kings finished off Medicine Hat last night with an overtime win in Game 6.
4: Yeah, a big game. You, you always want to, when you have your first chance to close out a series, you want to close a series out. You do not want to go to a game seven. So many things, variables can come into play in that with refing, goaltending, bad bounces. You want to make sure you take care of business. And they did. And the one thing, and Brad Lauer talked about it. He said that we got tested in this series which is good because they're a team that doesn't have a whole lot of playoff experience and they got tested so now the next series when when there's a little bit of stress they have something that they can look back on and say hey we've been here before and we we've overcome it and and we can still uh come back in these games these series so it was a good learning experience and you always like the learning experiences that end up with still victories
1: and here on 630 Chad, you heard the Oilers lose 3-1 to the Golden Knights. Let's go back to Vegas. Here's defenseman Adam Larson.
8: If we're in the playoff 100 or not, we still have a lot to play for, a lot of pride and I mean it's, um, it's what I keep doing doing till then this year. Appreciate uh, mathematically
3: eliminated tonight. I can imagine your frustration. <laughs> maybe just take us through the season and, and what you saw happen here just over these 82 games? Or...
8: Um, I think that kind of a little tough stretch in, in the season. Uh, we really struggled at one point there. and I mean, it's it's a tough league. Uh, I think the last two months we've been playing pretty good hockey, so it's, uh, it's frustrating.
3: Can you see, I know you guys have been clicking lately as a team, so I can imagine that's frustrating to, to be so close, but do you think that can be carried over into next
8: season? Well, you hope so. I mean, it's, it's a fresh start next year. It's a fresh start for everyone and we have to be ready and that's that's just how it is. I mean, it's if you miss, you, you have to start over. There's nothing that will carry us over. It's uh, it's up to us to get a better start. It's, best, it's up to us in this room.
3: Do you think coaching changes, GM changes, do you think that impacted the team
8: at all? Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's us players that plays the game. so.
3: Maybe just a comment on tonight's game. I know Connor said that's one of the best games the Oilers have played against the Golden Knights.
8: Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, this is uh, it's a really tough building to, to come into. Um, very fast, uh, strong team right throughout, throughout the lineup. So it's, uh, it's a tough barn and, uh, and a tough team to play for sure. But I thought tonight we're, we did a lot of good things.
1: All right, that's Adam Larson. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights. And the uh, Golden Knights out shooting the Oilers 31-19, including... 16-5 in the second. I mean, that was really the period, Rob. The, the first period I didn't think was really a great period by either team. I know Kevin Quinn said it about six minutes into the game. There were more icings than shots <laughs> for a while. And, and really, given the caliber of the goal that went in, that you know the Oilers should have got out of that, that scoreless. It was a relatively low event period.
4: Yeah, it was. And when you play against Vegas, you, you don't want to give them any easy 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 opportunities you don't want to give them a freebie and maybe that was a a goal that Koskinen would like back and the others did play a pretty low event period and that's what you want to do in vegas you want to take the crowd out of it this is a a crazy barn and when they get excited it, it it motivates the players so you want to try and quiet them as much as they could and the Oilers did that for large stretches in the first period but good teams which vegas is they can take it up a level and in the second period the golden knights started pushing a little bit f- faster. They, they, the pace picked up. They started rolling lines, and the Oilers couldn't compete with them for, for the, in, the, in the middle of 20 minutes. So, And that just set the the Golden Knights up for the third. So it was... I mean, it, the Golden Knights are a good hockey club. They went to the defending Western Conference champions. They went to the Stanley Cup finals last year. They've improved in a couple areas, picking up stone from, from the Ottawa Senators this is a game on home ice that they should beat the Edmonton Oilers the shot the goals the score the shots all are probably where it should be if if you think about that where the two teams are in the standing so the Oilers hoped to be able to somehow come in and sneak points out of it but uh, they were unable to really create much after the first period offensively and the, the depth of the Golden Knights, uh, I think, just eventually wore down the Edmonton Oilers.
1: All right, 780-496-0063. We have Sean standing by. Sean, thank you for calling. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, Rob, just just curious if you think Dryside was going
4: to get to the big 5-0. I, I said about 10 days ago I thought he would do it. It's getting fewer and fewer games, but I'm going to stay with what I said. I, I believe he'll get it.
0: Okay, when you get that uh, close, does it get harder to get the last two or three goals?
4: It, it does uh, because you start thinking about it more uh, and, okay. and sometimes you change the way you play a little bit uh, uh-huh. you, you start shooting when you, maybe you would have passed or you, you start clutching the stick and you, a little harder you maybe get frustrated when things don't right. go in for you so yeah it does get harder and that's why it's amazing what you know a goal scorer is like an Ovechkin who's done it 8 9 times because he every year he just They know what he's capable of doing. They try to stop him, yet he still finds a way to put the puck in the net.
1: Yeah, an important game tomorrow. I mean, Colorado's going to be trying to to nail down a playoff spot or get closer to doing that. San Jose and Calgary are both locked in. So, I I mean, you never know, Rob. I I guess I'll put it way: the potential for more wide-open games, perhaps the potential for players to be rested on those clubs. Not certainly a bulk of players, but, you know,
4: maybe a couple guys. About, it was funny. You and I talked about a month ago or so when we were when the Oilers were making a push and we're looking at the end of the season, the last four games, and how tough they looked. And I thought at that point that those weren't going to be the, the tough games for Edmonton simply because the way the standings were going to be. So three of the four teams that the Oilers are playing this week can't go anywhere in the standings. So the Oilers, had they still been in a bit of a... A run had they not been eliminated today they were playing against teams that had nothing really to gain other than the Colorado game tomorrow so when you play against teams where there's not a whole lot on the line sometimes uh, the details of the game are a little looser I'm sure that both San Jose and Calgary want to go into the playoffs on a good note they want to go and play in the proper way but you also got a coach that's may rest some players don't overextend some guys but you just sometimes get a little outside of the way you want to play when there's not as much on the line.
1: All right, Oilers lose 3-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights. By the way, if you're up this late, why not win something? We're still looking for a finish to play. Contestant seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. Six thirty, chair.
2: Their frustration level is probably fairly high. It's really high. It's uh, it's really really high. I um, mean, you know, it's it's frustrating. You know, I, I, we want to play in the playoffs as a team. I personally want to play in the playoffs. Um, it's uh, I'm not not happy about it. It's, uh, it's going to be a long time.
1: All right, there's Connor McDavid after tonight's game. Oilers lose 3 1 to Vegas, and we can quit giving the slim statistical probabilities about them making the postseason. It absolutely cannot happen. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. 780 496 0063. We have Brejean calling in. Hi, Jean go ahead. Hey, Reed, how are you, sir? How are you doing? Good. Thank you, Rob. I Hello. appreciate
9: your time, you guys, for this year. And-
1: Oh, hang on. we got to do this. He, Rob can't hear him, Kellen. Can you switch it no, over? No, I can hear yeah,
4: I can now. I got it. There, we switched
1: good. it now. Sorry, Brijan. Start start over, please, sir.
9: Yeah, I'm just saying I appreciate you guys. Basically, whole year we were watching you guys and listening to you guys. I learned a lot from you guys, and uh, I listened to lots of games for the different broadcasting after the game, but you guys just top of the line in terms of knowledge base, in terms of fairness in the games, and really appreciate it. Hopefully... Oilers is going to do a better job next year. But uh, uh, my conclusions, as I said, I mean, I'm, Oilers fans for a long time. I think three things happened this year. I think uh, management panic. I think they they fired the coach very fast. Uh, as you could see, he was one game under 500, and look what happened. They in the coach. I know Rob knows more than me about him. But, uh, I I don't think the the team was improved. I mean. Uh, Hitchcock, um, his forte or his uh, strong point is uh, defensive play, but I don't know his uh, personal. But uh, completely give away, lots of give away, a soft play, lack of vision on the situational play. I don't understand these teams. They never win the big games this seasons. They were very close, even McDavid like said it. But uh, I think this is lack of preparation, guys. I, I, I really believe that. I think the leadership in these teams, they were not up to the par. Uh, you cannot ask the you know, 22 years old or 23 years old to be a leader. I know sometimes can happen in different sports. And uh, Forward lines, you guys already spoke about it. I don't think we can afford to go to next year with this kind of forward line. Um,
1: thank, I, you, I, no... thank you, John We really appreciate it. Rob, anything there?
4: Well, I, I, I disagree with the fact that a 23-year-old can be a leader. I mean, uh, leaders, uh, it doesn't matter what age they are, players follow certain guys. And Connor McDavid is the leader of this team, and he leads by example every single night. I don't think it's a lack of preparation that this team didn't win big games with. It's just they're just not good enough. And I think that uh, one of the frustrations for a lot of fans is their expectations were probably higher than they should have been. This team, at best, in in our Opinion at the beginning of the season that they would fight for a wild card spot. Uh, that's that's where I saw them. That's where you talked about it. They would. We we thought they would both sneak into a playoff spot in a wild card. Uh, and here they are late in the season. They were close. And they, without the injuries, possibly they possibly get in there. But I think the expectations were so high for this team that people thought they, they're still thinking what we saw two years ago. That's. That's not what this team is. The team is not as good as that team was. That team had a uh, little magic that went through them that season. They had a goaltender, Cam Talbot, who was out of the world that year and covered up for a lot of the mistakes. So this team is what we saw over the course of the year is exactly where they should be. They're a team that isn't good enough right now to be a playoff hockey club. So I don't think a lack of preparation is the problem. I think they simply aren't as good as the eight teams ahead of them in the playoffs.
1: I thought Brayjean nailed it, though, with that, you know, Shirelli panicked. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I mean, when you hire Hitch, you're not hiring Hitch to be here for six years. No. So that's let's try to give him a burst. And then, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go over every trade the guy made, but certainly uh, Kajula for Manning was a bit of a desperate move. Uh, Strom for Spooner, bit of a bit of a panic move. So things happen along the way for sure. We have Jason. Jason, you just want to finish the play. You're looking to win some stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. I got a quick comment though about um, sure the the, um, the amount of minutes that, that that the guys are playing, like uh, your top players, like all the all the teams that are you know playing their their top guys too much. They're not in the playoffs, and I know that's kind of a you know, it it happens. You know, you try and get into the playoffs. You play your best guys, but develop your team too. Develop your uh, develop your players that you got. You know, you, you you don't play your fourth line guys. You don't play your third line guys. They're not going you know places if you don't play them. Yeah, you know, you play them six minutes a night. They're not doing much. So, that's
4: no, I, I I see your point. I see your point on that one. But the Oilers were in a desperate situation because of where they were in the standings, and they. They, their third and Hello? fourth lines aren't good enough. Oh, you know what, enough. Rob?
1: Hang on. i got to put, uh, we got to run it through the studio there so Jason can hear you. J- Jason, sorry, we had you on the wrong line there. You should be able to hear Rob now.
4: Yeah, so okay. the reason the reason that the, 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 their third and fourth lines weren't playing is because the Oilers were in a situation they had to win. They got themselves Brent. so far behind the eight ball, and Brent. their third and fourth lines aren't good enough to play 12, 14, 15, 16 minutes a night. The only way the Oilers could win late in the season was by playing Settle and McDavid and Nugent Hopkins uh, obscene minutes. So I understand what you're saying about uh, playing those players and trying to, you know, bring them along. But the Oilers, because of where they were in the standings, they didn't have that luxury. They had to win and win fast and win now. And to do that, they had to play their best Players probably more minutes than they wanted to.
1: John, I don't know if or Jason, I don't know if Rob would have heard this. Are you referencing the the ice time stat that Stoff gave before yeah. the game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Rob, the top six forwards in terms of ice time per game, mm-hmm. none yeah. of them are on playoff teams.
4: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I, 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 but it's because their teams aren't very good, so their top players yeah, have to play more. It's that simple, yeah It's that simple. Yeah. And that's,
1: you know, and a lot of, Jason, you, obviously you're you're following the team very close, so I assume you listen to it at some point. So you've probably heard people call in this season yeah. after Oilers loss and say Leon Dreisaitl is lazy. Yeah. Oh, is he yeah. lazy or did he simply have one bad game out of 10 and there was nobody to pick up the slack? That's well,
0: well, I think, uh, you know, you know, people people are like, uh, you know, bragging on him because, you know, sometimes like Messier did it too and early on in his career... He's confident in himself. You know, he's he's given what he has, and you know, sometimes when you when you make plays that are like, oh, I got it, you you make turnovers. So, guys make turnovers. It's not like that's the end of the world. It happens a lot, so.
1: Jason, hang on in the hold here. We're going to do the clue for you. You already have an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. Here's the clue. Club Edmonton presses for the equalizer. Club directs a pass over to Nugent What's under a All right. Was that uh, saved by Subban or off the post, Jason?
0: Uh... I'm going to say
1: saved by two, Sorry, can you repeat that?
0: Uh, saved by two,
1: No, no. What did you really mean to say? Oh, okay. Off the post. Klepbaum, <laughs> Edmonton presses for the equalizer. Klepbaum directs a pass over to Nugent What? What's under? bomb? redirected off the post, and McDavid can't finish. I
4: I think that's what he was saying, Rob. Absolutely, is what he was saying. We just lost in translation. Yeah,
1: and you're in Vegas, so the signal's bouncing all over the place. (laughs) Uh, And we like putting people's name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. You can get more on 630Ched.com. The full McDavid post-game interview is uh, posted on the Oilers page as well. He's pretty frustrated after this loss and missing the playoffs.
4: Vegas takes it 3-1. Rob, we're not together tomorrow. I'm heartbroken. I know, so am I. I'm going to try and pick up the pieces here in Vegas, and uh, <laughs> y- you enjoy your game uh, with the Avs, and we'll see you again on Thursday for the Sharks.
1: Sounds good, Rob. Tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show game at 7 against the Avalanche. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. The Oilers officially eliminated from playoff contention. The Golden Knights win it 3-1. Have a great night.